Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is Intimate Personal Conversations with the Industry's Biggest Names. This episode is with Adam Jacobs, who you probably know is originating the role of Aladdin in the show of the same name for Disney. He's burying his soul in the latest project called Adam Jacobs Behind the Curtain, which is a recorded docu-concert, as he's calling it, of his life story intertwined with some some photos and some interviews from his family, from his past, and it seems really, really cool and really interesting. He grew up in the Bay Area, left the sports scene after a teacher encouraged him to follow his new passion for performing and singing. He got into NYU, and of course, the rest is history. So before we get into this, please follow along on Twitter and Instagram at theater underscore podcast. Got some good contests and some good content getting posted there now. Leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Adam Jacobs. Here you go. One, two, three. Today's guest may be best known for originating the role of Aladdin on Broadway, which garnered him both Grammy and Drama Desk noms, in addition to other Broadway credits like Simba in The Lion King and Marius in Les Mis. He's been in the national tours of all three of the same shows and also has credits ranging the gamut from writing and directing to producing and even visual effects. His latest film project, Adam Jacobs Behind the Curtain, is about ready for you to watch. Adam Jacobs, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Where are you calling in from? You look like a, you got a cozy little living room going on there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm in uh, Chicago. I moved out here a couple years ago from New York City, and it's been, it's been amazing. Oh, really? So you're based, you're based out of Chicago now? That's your home base? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I uh, decided, you know, once the kids are school age, it's probably better to bring them out of the craziness of New York City and try to have some semblance of a normal life uh, with a backyard and a garage and a Costco membership and a minivan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the Chicago lifestyle, though, I mean, I guess you're, I, I take it you're in a suburb then because like Chicago proper, I would think, is yes. just like New York proper. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, we decided to, you know, branch out. I'm I'm close by uh, Evanston up in the northern part. And it's it's just lovely. We're near the lake and got some nature, got space. We wanted space. And that's what we got. Yeah, and Chicago's close enough. So obviously you're coming back to New York. You're doing shows. You're doing cabarets. You're do you're filming for Adam Jacobs behind the curtain. Tell me about yeah. tell me about that because uh that's that was all um it was Produced and recorded at 54 Below? Uh, actually, it was, um, yeah, Vitello's in, Feinstein's Vitello's in Los Angeles is where we did Oh, that. not New York. Yeah so, yeah, so that one was filmed in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, that was the other thing about being in Chicago. I could kind of jump between the two cities, which is great. But I was out there filming um, a, a film called uh, Last Call in the Doghouse, which coincidentally is going to be coming out around the same time as this um, this concert. We're calling it a docu concert, 
Um, my producer loves that phrase and I'm saying, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll call it that. And, you know, it's basically a bunch of interviews. It's, we go kind of in depth behind, behind the curtain, as you said, as you may say, and uh, behind the scenes. And I talk about my life, I talk about my journey. I, I bring up some interesting stories about how I got to where I am and sing some Broadway tunes and throw in some pop and rock stuff there as well. It's a really fun concert that I kind of put together and he was like, let's film it. <laughs> and I was kind of nervous about it, honestly. I was like, well, I've never done it yet. This is the first time I'm performing it. And you want to film it with like five cameras and, and do a whole thing. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And it ended up being, <laughs> it ended up being a, a really great. I was really impressed with, uh, of what, with what he did. And, um, and I'm excited to, to share it. It's going to be coming out really soon. Um, and I'll be posting about it on my social media about all about it. That's really, that's interesting because I know that I, and I watched the trailer. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing, but you know, you talk about being, um, the, the, your parent is, your mom is Filipino and your dad, let me see if I get this right, is Dutch, Russian, and Polish. So, <laughs> and Jewish, yes. And, and Jewish, yes. So you've, you've got this wonderful mix of, of heritage and culture. And growing up, people thought you were Dominican, which is nothing that <laughs> is in your family that you know I of. would get everything. I would get de yeah, definitely Latino, uh, but different. Yeah, Colombian, Dominican. Um, it, it ran the gamut. Some people are like, are you part Native American? You know, like they didn't know what I was. And in a way that was kind of, you know, frustrating because I wasn't sure where I fit in as a kid. And it was hard to come to terms with that. Uh, but as I grew, I, I kind of discovered how I could use it to my advantage in a way and play, you know, be able to play a lot of different things if I really worked on my acting skills. And, and, um, and that's what I kind of made it a challenge to myself to do that. Well, when I guess, did you, as a kid, when, when, well, I'm thinking back to, to something I talked about recently with George Salazar, because he talked about too being, uh, being sort of the outcast in the theater world or struggling to find identity as someone yeah. who just wasn't a typical, you know, I, I put in air quotes, typical, right? You're, you're majority <laughs> Caucasian individual. And and for you, was was that sort of a a detriment or an, or uh, a challenge to overcome when you were thinking about getting into performing? Yeah, it was in the beginning. It was definitely felt like an obstacle I had to overcome for sure. Um, and you know, I think my my favorite roles when I was growing up were were the Disney characters of like Aladdin and and uh, you know uh, Mowgli <laughs> and. But when I looked at the theater and, and film and TV, I, I didn't see as much opportunity there, right, for people of color and people like me, people who are darker skin. And, and, I, and I, you know, went through waves of doubt, which then became resolve into wanting to challenge and, and say, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just give it all I got and, and, and train hard and and really just keep going because it's that's that's the key there because you 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 come across you come up against so much obstacle and kind of you you get a lot of rejection as it is and then you kind of throw that in of not being knowing where you fit and not, and casting directors not being able to see where you fit and having to sort of change their minds and make them 
you know, see the possibilities within you. Right. And, and that's where I had to, uh, kind of flip that switch and, and, and really just kind of go after it and change my mindset. Right. And, and, and just, if you can, if you can keep going is what I'm trying to say is if you can just keep, keep going, keep your head down and, and kind of push through all of that and don't let all that negative stuff affect you and just have faith. Um, you know, that, and faith and hard work really, and, and determination. That's, that was how I kind of was able to push through a lot of that uh, nonsense. <laughs> well, when did, when did you realize that you really wanted to pursue it professionally? Because your, your sister Ariel is, is a performer too. So the two of you obviously had some sort of influence outside <laughs> of, you know, just maybe, maybe it was the same time. I don't know. But like where, where in the family does the performing bug come into play? Yeah. So, I mean, when you, you mentioned my sister and she definitely was more into the performing as, as we were, when we were kids, um, you know, at the time when she started singing and dancing and I was still doing soccer and piano and I was doing a lot of other things, baseball, but, uh, she kind of said, you, you want to join me in this group? I, I loved music and I loved I loved singing, but I didn't, I wasn't really keen on actually like performing. I think I had a little bit of sort of stage fright as a kid. I was a little bit shy in that way. And, and, but I was also sort of at that age where, you know, uh, oh, uh, the, the girls are starting to look a little cute. So why don't you come join this group and, and see if you, you like it? And I was like, okay. And that's kind of where it started. I started taking voice lessons from her teacher and we started performing around the city of San Francisco where we grew up and, and the rest is kind of history there. But, uh, so she takes credit. I also have to give credit to my mother because she's very musical. She, she kind of learned to play piano by ear. Uh, she's an artist. She loves to draw. She's uh, really into Chinese watercolor right now. I should uh, <laughs> let, let people know that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we did the church choir thing as, as kids and, and that's that's where we got artistic genes, I suppose. My dad really doesn't have it uh, at all, <laughs> so it kind of just I don't know. Uh, his, although his mom was uh, almost uh, my grandmother almost sang with the the Tommy Dorsey band because he wanted her to to join him on the road, and her mom said no, no way. And <laughs> anyway, oh, really? that's another that's another story. Yeah, yeah. So she had musical wow. talent as I sort of last Las Vegas cabaret singer. Um, so it skipped a generation there. That's so fun. So at, at what point though, I mean, you're doing soccer and you're doing piano. There's, there's a definite choice to yes. leave the sports, to leave the shooty hoops and the kicky balls <laughs> and, and say, I'm going to go to college for this because that's an investment. That's a financial investment to Definitely. go after a career that if you're not sure you want to do, Kind of doesn't seem like a great idea, right? Oh, for sure. You know, you're, you, everybody's parents, you know, if you're in the arts, they're like, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, you know, <laughs> because there's not a lot of security, job security, uh, as everyone knows. But I think the, the clincher for me was in high school, um, I had a really great mentor slash teacher. He was my he was my director and drama teacher and, and English teacher. And he cast me in all these musicals. I played um, 
Che and Evita. I played Billy Bigelow and Carousel. Um, Fanny and Marius nineteen or Marius and in in Fanny nineteen sixty one. I should say. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and a couple other shows. And and he was the one who kind of got got me out of my shell in that in that sense and gave me confidence and told me after one of the shows one night he's like you know i don't know if you're considering a career in this but this is something you might want to consider because you have talent and and that kind of just planted the seed and uh and that was that was it you know i i was like yeah i do i do want to do this i feel really good about this and i'm having fun doing it and i love it i love storytelling um and i applied to NYU and got that uh got that acceptance letter and was through the roof. So I knew it was right and you know that's it. That's kind of how it happens sometimes just one person. That's a that's a very common story I'm finding is that it's it's one teacher that just said, "You know what? You're 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 you can go places, kid, you know. You you got <laughs> yeah, the talent." Yeah, right. And and you you just all it takes is that one little spark to say, oh yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I really can do this. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. And so, okay, so you audition, you go to, you start going to NYU, I guess. So you're coming to New York. That's the obvious place. That's the obvious place it to is. come. There's other, I mean, there, there's other places around the area too, other schools, but NYU, of course, being in the heart. Um, when you first got here then, had you been to New York before that to see shows or anything? Or is this like you, you're plopped in, you're green, you're just, you show <laughs> up and you're like, I'm going to be the best ever. And then it's New York and it <laughs> tries to chew you up and spit you out. Oh yeah, no, I think the latter is more accurate. Although I had gone to New York, you know, once. I think it was one time. I I saw Beauty and the Beast. That was my first Broadway show, and um, so I had taken a trip out with my parents to see that. But I, you know, I I definitely knew that's where I wanted to be, and and I was very enthusiastic, very eager to to try and um, to be the best I can be, you know, and I was, I was lucky to have some really amazing professors, you know, the cool thing about NYU or AMDA, I suppose for that, for that matter too, is that, you know, your teachers, they're teaching you all this stuff and then they go in the evenings and do their shows and you can see them actually doing what they taught you. And I thought that was just so cool. And I was like, Oh, I, now I understand. Now I understand what you're talking about. So, um, I really had some, I had Alex Corey. She was one of my music teacher, you know, so there's some really like phenomenal people. And I, um, give, have to give them a lot of credit for, for that. So I, I loved it. It was, it was the cap 21 musical theater program, Tisch school of the arts and, uh, conservatory based training. That's the way to go if you can do it. And, um, yeah, it, it really set me on the path. Did you ever have a, a, a moment or many moments where you're saying, you know, I really miss the soccer days, or I could have been a concert <laughs> pianist or anything. I, I figure there are so many people on Broadway that do it because they have no choice. This is just, you know, they're calling. It's what they have yeah. to do. It's it's who they are on the inside. And then, you know, the, the saying that I've mentioned several times is like, 
if you can see yourself doing anything else, do that because it's, it's going to be yeah, easier. I've, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot. And I am I am jealous of the people that have that much passion for it. Is that I, I don't think that's me, honestly. Like, like I love, I, don't get me wrong, I love performing and I love the theater, but there are so many other things that interest me as well. And, um, you know, so when I, when I read books about science and astronomy and, and history, like I, I, I'm fascinated and, and I can totally see myself going any one of these directions and exploring them. I don't know to the point of where it actually would create a career for myself, but, um, you know, I, I still feel like I, I have that, 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 um, need to know and that curiosity, I suppose. And so, um, I want, I'm always want, wanting to fuel that, but you know, th- there's a, th- like you said, there's a lot of these people out there who live, breathe and sleep and die theater, you know, and, and it's amazing. And I, and I love being around those people. They give me so much energy and, and that's really what I've missed the most during this whole you know pandemic and all that is just getting that energy, being around people like that. And, uh, yeah, so. Anyway, <laughs> what are we're talking still, about. <laughs> are you still are you still performing? I mean, as much as you can, of course, as we're recording this, it's COVID nineteen and whatnot. But yeah, like before that, I didn't know you you were based out of Chicago. So have you been? Do you do you audition and perform locally there too? And or is it I all have. just like New York and LA or bust? Uh, no, no. I, since moving here, I've done shows up at the Marriott Theater in Lincolnshire, which is actually where I got my equity card many, many years ago. Um, so they were thrilled that I was back in the area. And I, I did uh, Shakespeare in Something Rotten. And uh, we did Sweet Charity. And I was the, uh, the Italian lover, Vittorio <laughs> Vidal. Um, so I, I had a great time with, with, with that. Um, and I, and I want to continue to do work at, there's so much great work around Chicago here. And and so I'm looking forward to exploring the different theaters. And, um, at the same time, you know, uh, if Broadway calls and they say, Hey, you know, we got this thing that's, that we're looking at for you. Um, of course I'm going to consider that. Um, but as, as I've gotten older, I've had the luxury of being able to be slightly more picky with, uh, the things I, I decide I want to you know, to do. So, um, that's been, you know, that, that's nice that, you know, you've made it when you can kind of start to turn down certain things. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm getting offers all all the time. (laughs) That is definitely not true. Um, but you know, and I was disappointed. I was supposed to do, um, we were going to do carousel at Sacramento actually, Sacramento Music Circus, and I was going to play. I was going to reprise my role as Billy, and I was so excited for that. But um, you know, hopefully that's still going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. But you know, I'm I'm looking at different gigs. I'm trying now. Now with a family, you know, you kind of have to weigh everything and be like, you know, am I going to be able to leave them for six months uh, to go to New York and do a show? It has to be like the role, like the role. You know what I mean? So that's just how it is now. Well, there, there's longer i guess it would have to be an established show because if you're originating a role you've got to of course you're doing the workshops and you're doing the readings right. and then you're doing the out of town and then you're it's hoping true. it comes to broadway and then there's all yep. like this is sometimes years which you yeah. know that's the gamble of this business because this could be be the the feather in your cap right like 
I mean, Aladdin is is amazing, right? That's a that oh, is yeah. a feather. And it took seven years, you know. So it took it took a long time to develop that show and do all the out of town tryouts and the presentations and and everything. And and yeah, that's it's an investment. So now, you know, I've been I, I've gotten calls for workshops and things, and and I'm and actually. I don't mind that. Those are short-term gigs. I'll go to New York. I'll work on a show, help develop a show. And then, you know, if they offer it to me or they don't, I'm actually okay at that point. I'm like, I got to do great work with these great people and I'm cool with that. And I can, I can go home to my family. And then, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, moving forward, we can. If not, it's fine, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of in a good place where I, I don't feel like I have to be in any one place and um, except, you know, to make sure that I have uh, my family with me uh, as much as I can. You know, it's just it's there's a lot of people who are balancing that family life with the career. And, um, you know, I took my kids on the road at the first that that uh, Aladdin the tour, the Aladdin tour, the first year um, that we did that. And that was made a huge difference. You know, having yeah. my family with me on the road, that's the only time I've taken my family on the road. Um, and, uh, you know. I would do that again, <laughs> but, uh, but would your family, would your family yeah. want to do that again? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. My <laughs> wife would be like, I hate this. Please. Let's just go home. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. out here with all these weird actor people. Yeah, that that's definitely true. Um, but we got that sweet spot where they, the kids weren't in school yet. And it was the first year of the tour. So we hit five cities in one year. So it wasn't even a tour really. So, you know, we we lucked out there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And my kids, oh god, for them to be able to be cooped up traveling around like every other every couple of days, that would be insane. That'd be yeah. that would be too distracting no. for me. I would not be able to do that. Love my kids, but they're they're best in a big yard. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. The, okay, so talking about the timing of yeah. of the national tour, this was after the Broadway run and I want to make sure that well, I actually have a, a legitimate question that's a little bit in jest, but your sister became Jasmine on Broadway, hopefully not at the same time you were Aladdin on Broadway, right? <laughs> that is correct because okay, uh, we were yeah, that would not work. That would not work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I I was uh, talking to a friend of mine about this, and and they were like, "Wait, did they?" Do? I'm like, "No, they couldn't have done it at the same time." There. Are, I'm sure there are, are there no equity rules that are like siblings can't play romantic interests? I guess I don't that think bridge. there are, there are no rules with that, you know, but, and Disney is very progressive, but <laughs> uh, they might draw the line there. Yeah. Draw the line there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I can respect that. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, I want to go back to behind the curtain for a little bit because, yes. because it's, it's, this is a bit of writing, of course, to put on any show, to put on any one-man show, one-person show is is kind of nerve-wracking and it's vulnerable. And to then have the decision to record it and make <laughs> it publicly available. Oh yeah. It, did that decision come to you lightly, or were you were you? I mean, I guess I hate the the stereotypical question of what was your inspiration for doing this, but I guess really. Why decide to record this personal story and put it out there and yeah. go after the ability to you know stream it? Because yeah, I'll just stop there. I'll let you yeah answer um, this. 
No, it's it's a good question. You know, anytime you're doing a one person show, uh, you feel like you're bearing your soul up there. And, uh, you know, I mean, some people, they do shows, they just sing through, they don't actually, you know, bring up personal stories and stuff. But I always find that uh, it's not as interesting for, as a show. And I, and I wanted to create something where I can have a, a connection with the audience. And, you know, we filmed it in this, the show was sort of designed for a smaller cabaret audience, right? It, it's more of a cabaret style show. And, um, and, you know, the decision to film it, I did not take that lightly because my original vision, I didn't think we, I, I hadn't planned on that happening, honestly. So I didn't go into writing the show knowing it was going to be broadcast to the world. Um, so when the opportunity presented itself through my producer, I, I had to really think, you know, is this something I want to do? This is the first time I'm ever performing the show. Um, so there could be flubs, there could be, you know, you know, who knows? And, you know, we, we, we captured it all. You know, it's not to say that when you watch the show, you're, you might see a couple little things that are not correct. Like I, I may have inverted some lyrics like per se, <laughs> and, and the real <laughs> theater fans will know that that's not, you know, the, the actual song, but hopefully they'll still enjoy the performances anyway. Um, but uh, it was an, it was an intimate type of show. And, and then we decided to add to it by doing some documentary style interviews about certain moments within the show. And we kind of intersplice those and really create, along with like pictures from my past and, and all kinds of stuff like that to create this uh, documentary feel to it. And, um, you know, watching it, I'm like, I, I, when I watch it now, I, I feel, uh, I feel good about it. I also feel like apprehensive, like, like I'm going to be, I'm about to show this to everybody, you know, it's, it's feels right. like, you know, I'm about to bear my soul and a little bit. And so, um, I, I'm excited and nervous at the same time, but, um, I'm glad we did it. And I have to thank, you know, my producer, Bruce Reisman for, uh, for helping out in, in, and, and convincing me to, to tape it and, and bring it to the world. Was there anything that you, that you found surprising that you either discovered about yourself or about any, I assume you interviewed some of your family too, to talk about your childhood and your surroundings, but was there anything as you're watching it, you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that I would have, that that would have happened in my life or that this, that this would have happened as a result of that. Yeah. You know, when you, when you kind of look back, you can step back and see the whole journey. Um, you know, I, I go, I start from like my grandfather immigrating to this country and we talk about that, you know, I go through like the, it's the long, <laughs> the long haul, the long picture and the long journey. And I, I just, I'm kind of amazed at how things come together in, in people's lives. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's incredible that, one one moment here can can then set you off on a whole nother path you know it's it's like the whole butterfly effect you know it's like this like wow um it's amazing that it's an amazing life we're living and and to have you know people who love you and support you i'm so lucky um that i'm able that they were able to kind of push me in this direction and um but you know i talk about things that 
were troubling. I talk about things that made me feel vulnerable. I talk about, uh, I talk a lot about showmances <laughs> hmm. um, in the second half of the show. And I couple those stories with a lot of the pop rock stuff, which I think people will be, I think people will be interested and surprised to see me kind of explore that because they know me for mostly for my Broadway stuff. But, um, you know, sometimes I fancy myself a, a Bruno Mars or, uh, <laughs> you know, or whoever, um, you know, I, I can sometimes hit those notes, <laughs> not the way he does, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I had fun with this project. It was daunting. It was scary, but we did it and it's on tape forever. So, um, you know, people are going to, you know, look at it and, and, and either be like, wow, he just kind of threw up at us or they're going to be like, wow, this is, uh, this is great. This is really cool. <laughs> really amazing. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I, am apprehensive or I guess what's the word uh excitedly cautious or I I would be interested in doing something to explore my past but I don't want to know what it's going to dig up you know because <laughs> yeah there, yeah I mean you there, could still there's control. been therapy yeah yes 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 uh you know since it is a pre-written show I think you have a little bit of uh, control over what you want to say but uh, it's not like you're being, inter- it's not like what we're doing right now where you could ask me anything and put me on the spot. Right. But, uh, you know, in the show, at least you can kind of manage what you want to reveal, um, without going too far <laughs> and, you know, I, and I end up a puddle, a puddle front row, you know, front row, yeah. <laughs> end up being, yeah, a, I, meant, know, I meant more mess. like with my, with my family or even past showmances, there's, there's danger there. Oh yeah. 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 No, there, there's there's material there. There's always material there, right? For uh, putting up on a stage and making a fool of yourself. Oh, I love it. Okay, so I've got a Patreon account, and one of my biggest fans here, my friend Byron, asked a question that I need to ask you, and this is a very very serious question that he wants to know. Okay. Byron wants to know why are you so damned cute. <laughs> Uh, well, Byron, <laughs> you know, I um, I really don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I, 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 that's how do you answer something like that? Uh, skin you know, care, skin care, skin care. Yes, good uh, hair, lots of good hair, hydration, hydration, very important. <laughs> yes, hydration, good routine, lots of sleep. Yes. Okay, so my yeah. three standard closing questions that I always ask when I wrap up an episode here. The first one, very simply, is what motivates you. Uh, what motivates me now? It's definitely my my boys, my seven year old twin boys. They're motivating me. They're inspiring me every day. Uh, just being so in the moment and asking ridiculous questions, and always wanting to play. And I'm always wanting to play with them. So they motivate me. My wife motivates me uh, to be a better, you know, father, better husband, more responsible, better with uh, time, managing my time better. <laughs> um, and also, of course, the people, uh, the, the theater fans out there, they definitely motivate me. And my, my colleagues, my peers, uh, they motivate me to, to be a better actor and a better performer. And I'm, I'm so inspired whenever I see one of my friends uh, do great work and you know, win awards for it if, if, so, if, the, if they do. But even if they don't, I just love seeing them do great work. And that really it motivates me as well. I love that. Okay, so the next question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? <laughs> uh, I, I always say a couple things here. I say um, it's important to have patience.
patience. Um, as a young aspiring performer, you want everything to happen right away. Like as soon as you graduate, you want to be like, all right, I've got my book, my, my audition book, who's going to hire me. And it, it doesn't always happen that way. Right. So you have to put in your due, pay, pay your dues, put in the time, you know, if you have to do regional gigs and cruise ships and theme parks to get up your experience, do it right. Do everything it takes. And, and then the other thing I also say is it's really important that you um, treat everybody in the business with uh, decency and respect and kindness uh, because it's a small community. And, you know, you don't want to, it's not just your fellow actors that are up there. It's the stage crew. It's the front of house staff. It's the uh, people cleaning your dressing rooms in the evenings. It's everybody pitching together to create uh, an experience for the audience. So it's important that you treat everybody kindly and you will then get a great reputation and we'll get more work because of that. So uh, if you can do that, that will get you really far. All right. So then last question, if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? <laughs> Aladdin. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oof. I have made it so. Oof. Wish granted. Uh, Wish granted. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, there's so many great shows. Um, I one my favorite show. One of my favorite shows is uh, West Side Story. I could probably mm. see that over and over. I love that music. I love the drama, um, and I love the dancing. It's just a beautiful show. Um, I probably I love Sweeney, but I don't think I want to hear that over and over for the rest of my life. You know that that uh, whistle might start to hurt my ears. Um, <laughs> But uh, any Disney show, you know, hey, uh, Disney knows how to do magic. They know how to do great work up there, and, and I, I enjoy that as well. Uh, yeah, uh, there's so many great shows. Um, maybe if we had, like, a movie of all the Broadway shows, you know, the best of, you know, like, like the Tony Award-winning shows uh, compilation, that would be something I'd watch and over and over. All right. Well, we'll put it out there in the universe. So Disney Theatrical, <laughs> if you're listening, make it happen. That's right. So where can we find you on social media? I am, um, my handle is at Adam Jacobs NYC. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram, mostly Instagram. Uh, that's, that's where I am. You can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening. This has been edited by Matthew Hendershot. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and the outro music. And Adam Jacobs, thank you most of all. I really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it too. Thanks so much for having me. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.